Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our continuing Shi'urim in the Sefer Lakutim Moran. I'm excited today to dive in together with you to the 10th Torah. As we have experienced in previous Shi'urim, each Torah in Lakutim Moran is a world in and of itself. Drawing from every corner of rabbinic literature, Rabbi Nachman weaves a beautiful tapestry that's going to bring us in. Please, God, give us some very practical advice about how to uplift ourselves and uplift the world. Let's dive in. Similar to the way that Rabbi Nachman has begun previous Torahs, he starts with a Pasuk from the Torah that reads, And these are the laws that you must place before them. As has been the custom in Lakute Moran, this verse is going to ground the entire Torah, and everything that we learn for the next coming Shiurim is going to all tie back in the end to this verse. An additional piece of context, because many of the Torahs, as we've learned before, have meaningful context at the time that they were originally taught by Rabbi Nachman. This Torah was taught in 1803. 5563 in the Jewish calendar, and at that time, it was on the brink of a, a list of enactments against the Jews by the Russian government. Very often, Rabbi Nachman would indirectly and sometimes directly address that which was happening at the time, delivering advice and commentary on the happenings of the day, as well as timeless concepts. And a person with a careful eye will see very clearly that these ideas are not exclusive to the 17 and 1800s, but rather to every generation. So with that in mind, let's dive in. That when there are, God forbid, negative judgments placed upon the Jewish people, we're referring to decrees from on high, then what? And what Rabbi Nachman's going to do now is give us the antidote. Whenever you may be listening to this, we're currently recording during the coronavirus pandemic. It has just turned to 2021, and all of the talk in the news is about the vaccine. How do we treat this, and how do we get rid of it? What Rabbi Nachman's going to do is to give us the antidote, the vaccine, or one of the particular medicines, one way to sweeten the judgments and rid the world of these Terrible decrees. Al Yidei, through, what says Rabbi Nachman? Rikudim v'amchaz kaf al kaf naseh hamtakas adinim. Through dancing and clapping, we will be able to sweeten the judgments, to make them less harsh. Wow. Dayenu. If we stop here, that would be incredible. To be able to just dance, but not dance for dancing's sake. Dance with kavana, with intention. Intention particularly to sweeten the judgments that may be set up against the Jewish people. O's base, number two, continuing. Ki moshel. The essence, the Ikar, that word Ikar, we've seen it before. Ikar in Lakute Moran, it means the main, the quintessential. It does not mean the only. It means the main. So the main greatness of the Almighty is that even the idolaters, the worshippers of multiple gods, which, as we know, is the antithesis of everything Jewish, that even those individuals, that they know that our God, that the one God, rules over and has dominion over the entirety of the world. Kamavuba Zohar, as it says in the Sefer Zohar, Kad Asa Yisrovamar, Ki Ata Yadati, Ki Gadol Hashem. That when Yisro came, he said, Now I know that Hashem is so great. 
And with this statement of Yisro, of him saying, Now I know that the name of God was more exalted and higher and higher and higher. Yisro was one of the examples of this akum, of the ovde kochavim, the idolaters, who then realized how awesome Hashem was. Then he started to declare the greatness of God. Continuing in Os Gimel, Ula akum, and regarding these idolaters, individuals whose belief system is totally against the very fabric of the Torah, that it is impossible, says Rabbi Nachman, for them to know the greatness of the Almighty, unless, except, except through the idea of Yaakov, of Jacob. What does this mean? Like it says in the Pasuk, in Yeshayahu, base Yaakov, lechuva neelchu beor Hashem. Base Yaakov, house of Jacob, come let's travel together in the light of God. Rabbi Nachman's bringing that Pasuk to say that when we're going to travel towards a greater light of the Almighty, meaning a more illuminated recognition of the greatness of God, it needs to be through the Beis Yaakov, through the house of Jacob. Ki hu, because he, Jacob, gila elokuso she'akadosh baruch hu, yoyser avos, because Jacob revealed the greatness of God more than all of the other avos. There's something about the particulars of Jacob and his life that revealed godliness more than Avram Yitzchak and the rest of our patriarchs. Ki Avram krow har, because Avram called it a mountain. This verse is talking about when Avram Avinu took his son up to Mount Moriah, Har HaMoriah, during what's known as the Akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac. He called that space, that revelation of God, Har, a mountain. The Yitzchak, Krau Sade, and Yitzchak and Isaac called it a field. The Torah tells us, Yitzchak gasuach basade, and Yitzchak went out to pray in the field. And this, our rabbis teach, also is talking about Har Moriah, that same space where Avram brought Yitzchak. One called it a Har, a mountain. One called it a field. This Sade and this field, who Yoser Musag v'nitzach le'olam mehar. People understand what a field is better, and they need it more. People, in general, know how to use a field. If you said... Here's a field. What would you use this for as opposed to here's a mountain? A mountain, you can go skiing, you can go sledding, you can go, I don't know, dirt biking down it. But if you have a field, you can start to build a home. You can start to use crops. You can maximize the field. Most people will know how to use a straight field much better than a mountain. So Rabbi Nachman here is letting us know that the Sade, Yitzchak, referring to the place as the field, was a higher revelation of godliness than Avram had. Abraham's revelation was tremendous and was foundational, but it was not as revealing as that of Yitzchak, of Isaac. And now, the Yaakov crow bias, and Yaakov and Jacob called it a house. And this house, the house is a place where a person dwells, and even better than a field, a house we understand what it is. A field, it's outside, it's one step removed. Because Yaakov called this place of the Beis HaMikdash, which is the space of Tefillah, a house. This is the place where people dwell. This is where people understand. We know our homes. Thus Yaakov, by referring to this place as bias, as a house, had the greatest revelation to the rest of eternity, 
all of the Almighty. When you compare those three items, a mountain, a field, and a house, which one do you know the best? To be able to really understand a mountain, you have to study it for years and know all of these particulars. A field, although we may be more familiar because of just playing in the fields and understanding how the world works a little bit, it's not something that we know as clearly and as strongly as our home. Because Yaakov, he elevated prayer from the mountain and from the field to the house, to this concept of a house, something that we all understand. Because people understand this, we have a grasp of a home and how it works and how we live in it much more than a mountain or a field. Because a house, this concept of a house, even the Ovde Kochavim, the idolaters understand what a house is and how that works. Like the Pasuk says, that my house should be a home of prayer for all people. And that when we have this concept of the home, his name, meaning the recognition of the Almighty, can reach higher and higher levels. I look forward to continuing this Torah together. May we all merit having our recognition of the Almighty move from that of a mountain, growing to that of a field, and eventually reaching this level of home, that which we understand the best. Wishing everyone a beautiful day.